Hello and welcome to the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast, brought to you by Swan Bitcoin, the best way to buy and learn about Bitcoin. I am your host, Alex Danzig. We're excited to announce that we are bringing the Cafe Bitcoin Conversation Twitter Spaces to you on this show, the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast, Monday through Friday, every week. Join us as we speak to guests like Max Kaiser, Lynn Alden, Thomas Strolight, Corey Clipston, and many others from the Bitcoin space. Also, be sure to hit that subscribe button to make sure you get notifications when we launch a new episode, or you can join us live on Twitter Spaces, Monday through Friday, starting at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern, every morning and become part of the conversation yourself. Thank you again. We look forward to giving you the best Bitcoin content daily here on the Cafe Bitcoin Podcast. So I'm going to build kind of a framework of, of the way I see it anyway. Um, <clears throat> so the, the, there's a stable coin quote, stable coin called UST the, the peg started breaking down. I think it was, was this happening yesterday morning? I believe it was. Um, and essentially in order to hold this peg, um, Doquan and the others involved in Terra, if I've got this right, had twenty five thousand Bitcoin essentially at stake that they had to had to use to shore this thing up. After that started going sideways, rumors broke that Citadel had borrowed a ton of Bitcoin from someone <laughs> in order to crush UST and, and force them into selling their 25,000 Bitcoin that they had bought previously at a higher price, by the way. Um, then after that Coinbase came out yesterday, um, it was noted that in their 10 Q that if Coinbase was forced into bankruptcy, if you're holding Bitcoin with Coinbase, that would be considered part of their assets. Basically it's on balance sheet. It's not pure custody. It's part of their assets, um, and it's basically no longer your Bitcoin. It could be sold in order to satisfy creditors and that kind of a situation. So that's just one more reason to get your Bitcoin off the exchanges, guys. And then today, Gensler came out, and he said um, that he believes that the exchanges are trading against their own customers. So, um, you know... Th- Backing up one step, the Coinbase thing, if your assets are basically their assets, it's all one balance sheet kind of a thing. Theoretically, they could have been the player that loaned that 100,000 Bitcoin to Citadel in order to to get after what we're seeing. Now, I admit a lot of this is rumor. I don't know for a fact whether these things are true or not, and I'm just stating that clearly. But the carnage that has ensued since is pretty crazy. Um, I believe if I'm not mistaken that uh, Tara had to sell all their assets. I mean, someone was posting it this morning that they don't have any Bitcoin left. I don't know where that is right now. I'd love to get Dr. Jeff. I'd love you to weigh in here. Sam Callahan worth. I'd love to hear all you guys' thoughts. Jeff, what are you thinking? Hey, Alex. And good morning, everybody. 
Um, hey, so unfortunately, I don't have any uh, additional information onto this. I don't, I don't know what the truth is. Uh, so I'm just, as you are, just going off of what I'm reading on Twitter. But I don't have any inside uh, info, so I don't, I don't want to uh, uh, pretend I'm an expert on this. Hey guys, I uh, I got food in front of the kids, so I'll jump in. And so the the loaning desk was uh, Genesis, which is DCG Barry Silbert's. Um, OTC desk. And this is very common for them to do this. They have a loan book of, I don't know, I guess last time I checked was 13 billion, but I think the Bitcoin price was like 42 or 43. So I don't know, call it $10 billion of, of, uh, matched, matched, uh, loans, um, from, from lenders and borrowers. Uh, and that's just their Bitcoin, um, book. So, you know, a big shop, Anchorage does this now too. They've been kind of number two with the bullet for the last year or so. Um, so I would assume they probably have something similar. And in both cases, this is uh, not just facilitating like matching a lender with a borrower. They actually take the balance sheet risk and like put their name at stake to to do the loans. There's nothing wrong with that, by the way. That's that's normal to be the OTC desk. And I'm glad that we have those for a well-functioning market, you should be able to short assets and you should be able to borrow from desks at a, at a market rate to be able to do that. So I don't think there's anything wrong with, with that. Nothing nefarious whatsoever. Um, but yeah, this, uh, Luna's done. <laughs> He's trying to like resurrect it and bring it back. I, I just want to point out like, I'm not going after individual altcoins. There's another, you know, there's another, 94 or 93 in the top 100 that are also trash and also various types of Ponzi's. It's basically anything that isn't like a pure exchange coin or a collateralized uh, dollar coin basically is a Ponzi of some sort with insiders and control and things like that. Unless it's a tiny proof of work coin like Ravencoin or something like that, which will obviously never outcompete Bitcoin and is just DOA. All the rest are proof of stake and are just by definition centrally controlled and getting worse. So um, I think the real lesson here, honestly, is like we just need to keep Bitcoiners more honest and make sure they don't jump on board. Like don't get used by shitcoiners to be part of their narrative. And if you're going to talk to them, like actually know what you're talking about. Don't have them on your show. If you aren't capable of actually understanding what their scam is, don't give them a platform, don't promote them, et cetera. So that, that was why I got interested. Obviously I wasn't like all over Luna whenever it launched, you know, four years ago and it started to get big last year and I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. It's just another shit coin. You start to bring Bitcoin into it. Now I'm interested. Now I'm going to spend a weekend actually doing some research and I'm going to uncover what the scam is. So that's all that happened here. I don't really care what happens with the rest of them. They're all going to die on their own eventually. But come around Bitcoin and start to, you know, fool Bitcoiners. And I, you know, I talked to uh, one on Dennis's show yesterday and his producer, the kid he puts on camera was saying like on air, so many Bitcoiners I know bought Luna. And I was like, well, first of all, those aren't Bitcoiners and welcome to Bitcoin, <laughs> but, uh, you know. I just, uh, they did it because Pomp gives infomercials to altcoin founders, right? He gives infomercials with softball questions. He doesn't actually do his research. He's not capable of challenging them. And he puts Hoskinson and Garlinghouse and Do Kwan on his show. And he's no longer top of funnel, 
right? He's just somewhere above the funnel monetizing and not actually bringing these people into Bitcoin anymore. He's just basically helping them get fooled by these altcoiners. So that's what I want to stop happening. I hope the social pressure and the social consequences from being part of an altcoiner's scam and scheme are significant and that it just um, basically like teaches a lot of these people a lesson so we don't get fooled again as a community. Yeah, I'm feeling that. I can see how that's a huge issue. If I can add to that, um, it, it, I think it's a great point, uh, Corey. You're saying um, all the all the other coins essentially are centralized because either they are uh, in nature in the protocol proof of stake, or um, or they are built on top of it. Um, and 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 that's the beautiful thing about Bitcoin. Whatever Bitcoin you get your hands on um, and put that in in cold storage, uh, no no one can crash the value out of it because it's not backed by anything else than the fact that it is the best money the world has ever seen and um and and that in itself will bring it to a value way way higher than it is now not financial advice uh, but 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 that bitcoin is will continue to be bitcoin and there's no underlying uh something else that's backing it up that we're now seeing being torn away in the in the whole luna situation uh it's just pristine it's pristine money. It can't be taken away. So this is financial advice. Buy some Bitcoin. Set up an automatic recurring purchase plan. Just buy every single day automatically so you don't have to think about price fluctuations. Your future self and your kids and their kids and their grandkids will thank you. Buy lots of Bitcoin. It's not a security. You can give that advice to anybody and everybody that you want. Buy lots of Bitcoin. And in fact, it's, oh, so um, not only is it fi uh, sound financial advice, it's actually also health advice. Um, because when you just buy on a dollar cost average um, way, uh, keep buying and you're not stressing about um, trading, you're not trying to sell high, buy low, whatever. Uh, it is much more, uh, beneficial to your mental health. You'll sleep well. Um, you'll wake up not stressing about trying to get back in uh, lower. It's uh, yeah, it's great advice, compassionate advice. Yeah, and it's also relationship advice because if you put a bunch of your you know family's money into some of these shitcoin projects, hoping to shoot for the moon, and then you get wrecked, I mean, your relationship might get wrecked. You guys might be on the rocks. On the other hand, so being incentivized to save in a hardcore way, I mean, that might actually build a beautiful relationship and a beautiful future for you and your family. I just wanted to say real quick, Corey is the reason that I am doing daily dollar cost averaging. I got to interview him a while back and at the time I was doing monthly and he encouraged me to, to change that. So I went to weekly and finally went to daily and, now, you know, keep bumping it up a little bit, $5 more or whatever. So I, I completely concur. And I think it's actually a, a big uh, psychological motivator as well. You get to see that you got more Bitcoin that day and it just happened. You didn't have to do anything. So I love it. Not only that, but one day when your wife gets girlfriend, I mean, this is like real relationship advice.
it's always a boring message, isn't it? You know, we 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 do these uh, podcasts and spaces and all that, and we're pretty damn boring. Man. <laughs> Just buy Bitcoin and hold it. That's all you got to do, man. Just buy it and hold it. And the rest of the show is it, just joking and, and having a good time. But guess what? It's a simple message that always rings clear, rings true at the end. Everything else, everyone is finding out how centralized it really is. And it's a simple message that we do day after day. And you guys do it here. That's why I, I try to jump in here whenever I can, man. I'm sort of skipping work right now to do this because guess what? You guys are putting out the same message, man. The same signal. Everything else is noise. Simply buy Bitcoin, and that's all you got to do. All right, let's uh, let's talk about a couple things that are going on in headlines, and then we'll hit some uh, announcements. And we'll keep rolling here. So, apparently, uh, the top hundred Bitcoin wallets have added seventy-seven thousand six hundred eighteen Bitcoin just in the last twenty-four hours. So this idea that, um, you know, there's potentially larger wallets looking to take positions right now, and some of this may have actually been engineered to, to get us there, is, uh, is possible. The hit pieces on Bitcoin are coming out in Bloomberg today. This is, this is the way the normal world is looking at all this. This is really cracking me up. Bitcoin holds rebound. As crypto world awaits a stablecoin rescue, this <laughs> is Bloomberg. Good God! Um, it goes. Bitcoin held a partial rebound from this week's sell-off amid steadier sentiment in global markets and expectations of help for a stablecoin whose struggles have cast a cloud over the cryptocurrency sector. That's so ridiculous. Does anybody have any thoughts? They said crypto, right? Do we need to do we need to go any further? You know, for those who don't understand, and this is really, really important, Bitcoin is not crypto. All right, Bitcoin, not crypto. Proof of stake versus proof of work. Well, they live in a proof of stake world, and they will they won't understand proof of work until they do the work and they study Bitcoin, and it becomes a freaking lifelong endeavor to try to understand this, this thing that is in its simplicity is so complex. It is just an amazing technology, an amazing network and the possibilities of this thing just go on and on. And I just want to say that because of what you guys said, what that, that little news item about, I, I just moved, uh, the one percent of uh, Bitcoin that I had uh, on uh, Coinbase Pro um, off of Coinbase Pro, and I want to say to if if the the woman that came up that was talking about self custody is still in the audience, every time I move something successfully, regardless of how large or small that 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 those keys are that I'm moving. Um, it is so empowering because I don't have to ask anybody's permission except for myself. It's the only thing I have ever owned, truly owned in my entire life. And it is the most empowering thing to transfer value outside of the, 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 
the normal network. It's just completely outside of anybody's control but my own. And when I click that button and I say withdraw, I know, I've double-checked, I've verified, I've triple-checked. And if there's a mistake, I'm responsible. You know, what's interesting about that is, is that I can remember when we were first talking about this some time ago, Peter. And I have this conversation with a lot of people. And, and there's similar sentiments from a lot of people. This idea of taking custody of your own assets is kind of scary at first. People are, are a little freaked out by it because, you know, we've grown up in this world where the bank holds your money, your stockbroker holds your stocks, and your IRA custodian holds your IRA, IRA assets. And the idea that you have to be now be responsible for your, <laughs> for your own wealth and your own financial future freaks some people out sometimes. But at the end of the day, you know, there's no one else that can screw it up for you. And, and I'm not paid by Swan. I have no affiliation with Swan other than that I hold um, multiple Swan accounts. And I will tell you that uh, I have never met or been involved with a group of people that are more dedicated to what is best for their clients. Man, it's really cool. Appreciate the kind words, dude. A lot of that filters down from Corey, by the way, who's no longer up here on the stage. He he took off, apparently. But um, the guy's a very straight shooter. Um, he has a very strong sense of, of what's right and what's not right. And um, he holds everybody in the organization to account. And we all kind of... Um, well, I mean, we're all kind of like that. Those are our values as well. It's not like, you know, he made waves a magic wand. Everybody has those values all of a sudden. We kind of had to have those values really to work at Swan and to, to be part of that thing. But yeah, very cool. I appreciate all the kind words, man. Shane, go ahead. Hey, yeah, just one, just a quick recommendation as people are thinking about taking self-custody. And I've, I've got, you know, personal experience as well with somewhat being afraid initially you know i had some on an exchange it took me three withdrawals to do it because i wanted to make sure that you know things were working right so start start with a small amount if you've got a pretty a, a large amount whatever your amount start with a small amount make sure it works and then work your way down to where you get it all off the exchange i think we all agree that one of the um best attributes of bitcoin is like Peter was saying you absolutely own it. No one can take it from you unless you give it to them. All right. So um, what an amazing morning already. Uh, it's already <laughs> at my time, 848. So we're already 48 minutes into the show. I feel like there's so much we still have yet to cover. Uh, the news and the cycle in the last 24 hours, 48 hours has been pretty crazy. Um, if you're new to this space, welcome. I'm going to really quick run through some announcements. We'll keep rolling. Haven't heard from Wicked yet this morning or Sam would love to hear from you guys. You're listening to Cafe Bitcoin. Good morning. We do this um, every day, Monday through Friday. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We roll for about two hours and we talk about all things Bitcoin. Um, it is a great place to get your morning news. A preferred hangout for some of the smartest people in Bitcoin is just chill, talk about what's going on. It's a podcast. It's up on Spotify. It's up on Apple. Everywhere you get your podcast, you can throw myself or Swan Bitcoin a follow to be notified of when those drop. If you're interested in a job, 
in Bitcoin, you can check out bitcoinerjobs.com. Um, it is a great place to, to find job listings. Lots of companies post there. I think there's over 150-ish listings there right now. Um, and then finally, we were talking a little bit about Swan before. I'm not going to shill Swan anymore. We've talked about Swan plenty, but you're welcome to shoot me a DM if you want. So the, the whole idea there, somebody was asking, like, who do we talk to? Who do we learn from? Like, that's what we do. Like, very education heavy as a company um, and very much into helping people understand what bit, what this Bitcoin thing is. Wicked. Good morning. How are you doing? Any thoughts on the latest shenanigans in the last 24 hours? Morning, Alex. <clears throat> Morning, everyone. Um, yeah, a few thoughts. So, you know, many of you may know or some of you may know that I, not too long ago, was a shitcoiner. Um, you know, less than a year ago, my handle was uh, Wicked Smart Crypto, believe it or not. And, uh, you know, I was one of those people who who traded uh, my savings in and out of shitcoins trying to flip rent um, and constantly in a state of, you know, like anxiety. And I look at these past couple of days and I just am so grateful <laughs> that I found Bitcoin and that I realized that, you know, there's finally a money that you can just save in, you know, like you don't have to be, some crazy investor you don't have to spend your days and nights you know researching a bunch of shit and taking on unnecessary risk anymore there's literally just a money that's sound and that you can just save in day in and day out and be sure that your savings aren't going to get you know debased over time so you know finding finding that signal in all of the noise which which we're seeing blowing up now Right. And, and we'll continue to see blow up time and time again. But finding that signal, which is Bitcoin, uh, has really been a lifesaver. Um, and, and like, you know, <laughs> man, like I, you know, I'm looking at these charts. And I'm just thinking, Jesus, I would have gotten wrecked, you know, left and right if I had if I hadn't found Bitcoin. Who would have thought that a so-called stable coin would implode like that? Right. And it's just one of those things where <laughs> I've been wondering for some time when one of these large Wall Street firms are going to come into this space and find an opportunity and absolutely wreck somebody. And it looks like uh, looks like we're there. It's yet to be confirmed what actually happened there, but uh, there's a lot of very plausible explanations for it that has already been discussed. So, um <laughs> normally we'll just out over over the whole thing you know <laughs> it, it, it's interesting because sometimes people will pop up and be like hey so how's that that hobby of yours going you know the 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 bitcoin hobby you know when the price is is uh is going down all that other kind of stuff it's um it's pretty funny how the world reacts to all this stuff um and if you missed it we're going to repeat it uh, Coinbase basically came out in their 10Q yesterday and said that if you in the I'll read the exact quote in the event of bankruptcy, the crypto assets we hold in custody on behalf of our customers could be subject to bankruptcy proceedings and such customers could be treated as our general unsecured creditors. So that's a pretty important thing, guys. 
Once again, we're going to keep saying it over and over again, get your crypto off the exchanges. Good morning, Sam Callahan. What's up, everybody? Good morning. Um, yeah, I've been trying to um, kind of gather my thoughts around this whole thing because I feel a lot of mixed emotions. Um, first off, I'm, I'm just sad for the you know all the victims of this thing because they were sold a narrative by these shitcoin casinos like Coinbase that this thing was better than Bitcoin or decentralized. And of course, they're the ones who lost their life savings here. Um, and And to me... That's who should be held responsible, along with the founders and the investors, because it was false advertising. Um, this thing is not decentralized, and it takes an adversarial environment to prove that. And so <laughs> right now we're seeing them basically act like the Fed and, it, and the hubris that these people thought that they could you know, have an algorithmic stable coin and peg a currency with volatile you know, money like Bitcoin, it's still volatile. It's just, it's the ego. And that's that's the kind of people to get attracted to these centralized projects. And um, if you know anything about history of currency pegs, they all have one thing in common. They all fail. They all blow up. And you could just, there's countless examples throughout history of currency pegs. And so this shouldn't surprise anybody that this happened. And, you know, when you look at Coinbase and marketing practices, it's irresponsible. And and at this point, I hope this sheds light on these shitcoin casinos that you can't trust them, that they don't have their clients' best interests at heart um, when they should have been kind of educating them on Bitcoin and self-custody. They push them into these shitcoins and they lose their life savings. And so that's kind of the main thing I'm feeling, a little bit of anger and then happiness because hopefully... This will shine some light on the differences between Bitcoin and crypto because there's been too much of a conflation um, in the mainstream media between the two. And, you know, this will be a blip on Bitcoin's history and it'll keep trucking along. And this is what happens. We're going to clean out these, you know, scammers, these uh, the leverage, everything. And we'll build a base of convicted holders and we'll continue on this journey because it's unstoppable code. And, you know, so I'm feeling sad for the victims, anger for the people involved with this project and, you know, kind of vindication and happiness because Bitcoin doesn't really care what Luna is or what it does. And it'll just keep trucking along. I just uh, want to add real quick, if you're listening to this on a, on a podcast, uh, you should go check out uh, Stefan Levera has an interview of uh, Sam Callahan here. Uh, Sam, I was listening to it yesterday. Um, really good job. Uh, very interesting. Um, thanks for all those uh, um, thoughts on IMF, etc. Beautiful. I recommend that. Thanks, Sam. Sam. Hey, Sam, I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about the article that you're working on and maybe... Um, We'll get we'll get it out to the public as as soon as we can. But the one about um, and maybe highlight a couple of data points if you want to pick some out. But of, of all these altcoins, uh, you know, they, they they come into existence at one point in time, but they really become available to retail uh, when they get listed on these uh, shitcoin casinos, and and they tend to really outperform after that. And, and Sam's done a ton of research on this in the last month, and I, I don't know if you want to share a couple highlights. Yeah, I'm kind of sitting on a bench in a park right now, so I'm not in front of a computer for the, 
the stats exactly. Um, but essentially, you know, the data shows what Bitcoiners say, which is that these coins have large pre-mines where VCs invest in them and they're centralized and the founding team have like a development fund. And it happens before the public has access to the funds or can mine the fund or the coins or whatever token. Um, and then when they're listed, you know, there's a lot of like lockup periods for these VCs. And when they get listed to Coinbase or some of these other exchanges, um, these insiders finally have the liquidity to dump their coins. And, you know, Bitcoiners have been saying this for years and years and years. Um, but that's what the data shows, too. Uh, once these coins are listed, and it's not just one coin, it's all of them. They lose uh, their in value to Bitcoin um, over longer time periods. You know, I'm talking like 84%, an average drawdown of 70 plus percent after a year of being listed on Coinbase. Um, and so, and then you look at the marketing of Coinbase, and it's it's perverse because there's like one percent of their educational resources is about Bitcoin. They're all about these coins that just get slaughtered once they get listed. And it, it goes back to like the perverse incentives of Coinbase because they make their profits off of trading fees. So they want their clients to trade themselves into oblivion, not not save. Um, and then they make their money off coin listings. And so they, they have no ethical standards of what these coins are before they list them because they're just trying to expand their product offering. And then they uh, make their money off custodial fees. And so they don't in- encourage self-custody of the coins. And what we saw yesterday was the whole thing about how their clients' funds can be used in bankruptcy proceedings. And that just goes back to the perverse incentives. And so, yeah, these, these, these exchanges just, I don't think they're good actors. And I don't think they represent Bitcoin at all. Um, I don't think they represent the ethos or anything that we're trying to do. Um, I think, you know, they, they should be, I don't know, like they should shrink and go away. <laughs> that's, that's kind of what I think. Thanks, Sam. For those of you who uh, haven't seen it, um, Stefan Lavera did a really great podcast with Sam the other day. Fantastic stuff. Highly recommend. Um, it's interesting what you're saying, Sam, about the exchanges. Gensler just came out today. Uh, there was an article that came out today that says he believes that crypto exchanges are actually trading against their clients. Uh, this was a Bloomberg News interview. Um, and he also doesn't think they're putting up proper walls between different parts of their businesses, such as custody, market making, offering trading venue. Um, and he thinks that it's not, he thinks that the commingling of services is best, basically against the best interest uh, of, of the clients on these exchanges. For those who are still trying to figure out Bitcoin versus crypto, when we say Bitcoin, not crypto, what we mean is there is Bitcoin and then there's every other thing out there that's tried to copy Bitcoin. Here's a super, super, super important distinction. Bitcoin has already been, some people say, well, what if Bitcoin could get regulated? It might get regulated by the government. Well, it, look, it's already heavily regulated. All right. We don't have, there's no ambiguity about what Bitcoin is and as far as the government is concerned. The government considers Bitcoin to be property. That's it. Full stop. That's it. Everything else is probably a security, according to the SEC chairman. And um, 
You know, if you look at how they're constructed, if you look at the fact that they do pre-mines uh, and then they give those coins out to their buddies, then sell those coins into into retail in order to raise money to build the company or to build the technology, that is literally exactly the way an equity structured organization works. So I think there's some teeth there. I think over time, probably the next year and a half, we're going to start to see all this unfold. It's a, it's a pretty big deal. Go ahead, Shane. Just one other quick thing, Alex, that I think uh, ties in with what you're saying, you know, especially for the folks here that are maybe new to all this, um, you know, a lot of these influencers on YouTube and other places, especially if they're pushing altcoins, they get paid behind the scenes to do that. Many of them do at least. Some of them even publish their pricing schedule and all of that. So, you know, that should tell you all you need to know with regards to incentives. Um, you know, many of these shillers of altcoins are getting paid in one way or another to push the project. And many of them also got in, uh, maybe not in the, the earliest of pre-mines with the VCs, but they also get uh, access to these coins at, at much, much cheaper uh, prices than what they eventually end up on the exchanges. So just do your own research. Yeah, when the I coins get elicited. To... Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to ask if anybody's uh, touched on uh, Brian Armstrong's con uh, comments regarding uh, what came out with the uh, with uh, Coinbase uh, saying, uh, you know, them basically saying, the lawyer saying that those assets belong to Coinbase and Armstrong this morning came out with a seven tweet thread about how that's not necessarily the case. And I think he got to read between those lines there because he doesn't distinguish between a retail investor and uh, other investors into that. So even what he put out this morning is pretty sketchy if I'm, as far as I'm concerned. Coinbase hates you. <laughs> even, if, even if Coinbase, go ahead, Alex. Well, I was just going to say that it's anecdotally, quick little story. I have a lot of clients who come to Swan actually come to Swan because they hate Coinbase. I'm not even joking when I say that. They're like, God, I can't stand these guys. So, go ahead, Peter. Even if Coinbase loves you, even if Coinbase gave you um, the best service in the world, the reality is is that uh, they are a centralized entity that is regulated by the United States government. And if somebody puts a lien against Coinbase, if somebody puts a lien against that company, um, whether it be the government or somebody else, they are going to roll over. And, and that lien says, give me all the keys that you have. We know you have keys here. Give them to me. The reality is, is that they're not going to jail for your keys. They're giving up the damn keys. Yeah. I mean, that's just the bottom line. And that's with any centralized exchange, you know, and that's Look, just the way it is. I, and that's I how will, you get your coins off the exchange. I will tell you that if the government came to Swan and said, hey, we're going to confiscate everybody's Bitcoin, all the Bitcoin that you guys have in custody, turn it over. But high, li high likelihood that, that those would get turned over. I'm just telling you that straight up. Y'all need to get your coins off, like all of them. Yeah. Go ahead, parents. Oh, yeah. And just a reminder to people, big difference between us and Coinbase. You can talk to someone at Swan if you want your free, unlimited withdrawals, but you can automate. You can take your Bitcoin off of Swan to your own 
hardware wallet or whatever wallet you choose to use, and we'll help you do it. We're big, basic. Think of us as uh, Bitcoin's backup customer service department. So if you buy a wallet from Trezor and they're not giving you the help you think you should be getting, just come to us and we'll help. Also, uh, if you're new to this space, I don't want this to sound like it's one gigantic swan commercial because that's not that's not the point. I know it kind of sounds like that because a lot of people say good things about swan and you know we're kind of bashing on Coinbase a little bit today. But the overall point, there's two overall points here today, I think. Number one, there's a huge difference between Bitcoin and shitcoins. Huge, monumental difference. And it behooves you to do the work, to, to do the research, to understand why that is the case. That's the first thing. And the second thing is, We've been saying it for a long, long time. Look, I think I've been, I was saying this five months ago that, that the difference between securities and property are going to be highlighted and that there's a lot of risk in the space coming forward. And I think we're, we're seeing a lot of that. And then, um, I guess finally just get your, get your coins into self custody. I know we keep repeating that, but we keep repeating it because it's important. And the reason that we say such good things about Swan is they don't put out, uh, they don't, they don't put out anything that says, oh, well, there's a difference between our institutional buyers and our and our retail customers, and maybe that key thing isn't just quite right. Right, what they're saying, they they they're they're just honest and upfront, and it's quite frankly refreshing. Stack. Did you have something else you wanted to add? Good morning, Dennis Porter. How are you doing? Morning, everyone. Looks like we have another exciting day in the news cycle of Bitcoin. I think the news cycle might even be faster with Bitcoin than it is in traditional markets, just purely for the fact that our markets don't close. Wild to see uh, UST drop as low as, I think someone said 0.22 is the lowest they've seen. Pretty incredible stuff. Um, also, with the inflation numbers coming in, 8.3. You know, not not too wild, but still pretty high. Um, continuing to maintain itself. So, uh be interesting to see how the markets play out. You know, the macro situation is looking horrible. Um Bitcoin continuing to prove its value. Uh, you know, someone kind of told me this something the other day in another spaces that I was running, and I I think it's a really great and important point, which is that people need to start reevaluating this strategy of exiting their crypto positions, you know, Bitcoin or whatever it is, right? But I talked to a lot of different folks who they leave their crypto position to go to UST or to go to see you know some other form of a stable coin they their hope is kind of like oh well this is tough times like I'm gonna ride it out in my stable coin until things look a little bit better as like a flight to safety right but that strategy definitely needs to be reevaluated as we're seeing there is massive counterparty risk um, and the potential for just total loss of funds. If you place your money in these stable coins and you expect that them 
expect them to hold their value. You, it's like a promissory note of a promissory note, right? Like you're 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 gambling to some extent that during these tough times when the tide is going out, that these things aren't going to be exposed. Whereas, like if you just put your money in Bitcoin and you ride it out in Bitcoin, regardless of the uh, volatility, you know when you wake up tomorrow or a year from now or ten years from now doesn't matter like your bitcoin's still going to be there you're still going to have your bitcoin there's no counterparty risk so i think a lot of people really need to start evaluating it from that perspective that you know i get it you, you know you're trying to play the market there's a lot of folks a lot of new people in this space they they feel safe when they go to the USTD, usd ust usdc they feel like it's better to stay in the dollar during tumultuous times or a dollar peg but that strategy definitely needs to be reevaluated. And I think people need to start looking at Bitcoin as the flight to safety during these times. As we all know it is to be, right? Because all of us in this room, many of us up on the stage, know that's the purpose of Bitcoin, right? Like that's, that is a role that it will fulfill eventually. Uh, and getting a lot of questions from people like, oh, well, Bitcoin isn't a flight to safety yet. Like it's it's losing value in these 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 tumultuous times. Well, maybe the value of it isn't the most important thing. Maybe knowing that you, when you wake up six months or a year from now, you're still going to have the same amount of Bitcoin uh, and it's probably going to have gone up in value at that point is more important than getting rug pulled, right? So just a warning to all those of who have been trying to use the strategy of exiting their Bitcoin position to hold it into a stable coin. You know, this is a, if you didn't get hit by UST, like take it as a warning. This is a dangerous strategy to be playing with. Yeah, and the whole idea that it's a quote stable coin is is complete nonsense. All of these stable coins is questionable. They're all linked to exchanges, basically, and that's all questionable as as current events are proving out. Something that you said that I thought was a little interesting was you said inflation came in at eight point three eight point three percent. It's nothing too wild, and I thought. Wow, man, if you rewind the clock a year ago, people would be shitting over 8.3%. What do you mean? It's nothing too wild. What that really means is you're going to lose half your wealth in about, well, probably less than 10 years. I mean, it's the whole thing about Bitcoin is somehow less valuable because the price is down around 30 is mind-blowing because the attributes of of Bitcoin that got it from 10 cents per coin up to $31,000 US dollars per coin as we talk about it right now have not changed. Nothing has changed. The value of Bitcoin itself has not changed. It still can't be stopped. It still can't be confiscated. It still has no gatekeepers. It still has instant global final settlement. It still responds to demand for more of it. It still has an absolute inflation rate of zero, and it's still immutable and resists corruption. None of those things have changed. I don't know who's next. Go ahead. Alex. Yeah, I, uh, I wanted to uh, comment on that a sec. Uh, same thing you were talking about there, inflation. So apparently it's the first time in six, seven months that uh, the inflation quote-unquote uh, fell from, I think it was 8.5% in March and now point. Uh, 3% in April. But what is very important to take a note of is the fact that they changed the way the pricing around cars um, is working. 
So, so yet again, uh, it's really a cook number and likely the inflation was hotter in April than it was back in March, even though they say like, yeah, it's still hot, but it's cooling down. It's just the same shenanigans and changing of how inflation is uh, calculated since, um, since they started doing it back in, I think it was 1980, as Greg Foss keeps saying, if they use the same inflation CPI basket that they were using back in 1980, uh, inflation would be close to 20%. So it's just um, another reason why, you know, don't, don't, don't trust your government. Don't, don't trust central banks have your best interest. Bitcoin is, is our lifeboat away from uh, these uh, lies and, uh, and, and uh, dilution of our, our savings um, and, and killing of the, the value of the, the currencies that a lot of people save in. Like my grandmother saves in a fiat currency because she's well into her 90s. You know, she, she can't be um, um, trading things she doesn't know anything about or, you know, so, yeah, back to my point, uh, those numbers are cooked. Inflation is running really hot. And Bitcoin is a lifeboat. Right. So if inflation is running at about 20%, that gives you about five years. And it's in your entire wealth stack is going to get cut in half. If you guys know Sailor's story, that's basically his reasoning behind why he bought Bitcoin. He, I can remember distinctly in one of the interviews where he was talking about I'm sitting on this gigantic pile of cash in my treasury and it's melting like an ice cube. I've reviewed every single possible asset I could put this money into um, and none of it makes sense except for Bitcoin. Because if the US dollar is plummeting in purchasing power, which is that's what it means, guys, that's what inflation is, then you have to have an asset that's going to resist that and is going to actually grow in value exceeding the loss of purchasing power in the U.S. dollar. Speaking of Sailor, and we'll go to you in one second here, Peter. There's been a lot of talk because the Bitcoin price has been going down and everybody's saying, well, Sailor's going to get wrecked. He's going to get called on his positions and he's going to have to, he's going to lose all of his Bitcoin and MSTR is screwed, basically. So this is something he sent out yesterday. MicroStrategy has a $205 million term loan. Needs to maintain $410 million as collateral. MSTR has 115,109 Bitcoin that it can pledge. If the price of Bitcoin falls below 3,562, the company could post some other collateral. And he's got some info about their Q1. 2022 presentation in there not that i need to stand up for mstr or sailor i mean the man's in my mind probably a lot freaking smarter than me but just to dispel some of the nonsense peter go ahead well first i just want to say that i'm super jealous whenever i hear 109,000 whatever bitcoin that's just like that's just insane um I just wanted to say that uh, I just uh, moved. I'm going to dox myself a little bit here. Um, I just moved over the uh, the federal limit for reporting outside of the legacy system in 10 minutes. It cost me 12 bucks. I did it while I was talking with you guys. And um, 
nobody could tell me to do otherwise. I challenge anybody to do that in that amount of time for uh, that low of a fee inside of the legacy system. Um, and if you think that you're doing it for free via ACH or with a credit card or whatever else you're using to do it, you are not doing it for free. Everybody is paying for the ability to move anything around at any time when it comes to value. And those fees, those extra fees beyond and above what you will have to pay out of pocket are built in. Peter, I have to say, over the last six months, you've become quite the Bitcoin maxi. <laughs> I've watched your transition over the last six months because I knew you when you were coming it's, in. It's 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 inevitable, Alex. Everything, everything, every, all value is going to, and it's just inevitable. All value is going to flow to Bitcoin. It's just there's just no other. I. Once you go down this rabbit hole, once you start to use, once you start to understand even just a little bit of the technology, and it's all about the technology, it's the value of this thing is the technology. And once you begin to understand a little bit of it, and once you start to use it, it is just so amazing and so empowering um, that there's just, there's no, it's just, just like what you were saying about sailors, just like what almost, what, what the majority, well, I don't know about the majority, but many people in this room um, already know it is inevitable. Um, what is it that Borg says? Resistance is futile. Yeah, I think more people that well said, more people need to think in terms of Bitcoin, how much Bitcoin they own, and look at the temporary uh, price increase in the value of the US dollar against Bitcoin, do you really think that's sustainable given how much money they're printing in US dollars, how much spending debt deficits, and not to mention the economic contraction while we have growth? It's horrible. So good luck with you. If you guys think US dollars are a long-term store of value, that is just totally not what's going on especially with Bitcoin as the alternative for a um, hard asset and also a bear asset that's much better than physical cash or physical gold. All right. I'm going to read a couple of more quick headlines and then we will uh, hit announcements. I want to open the floor up. Um, we wanted to do a portion of the show today as kind of a, a newbie Bitcoin Q&A. So what does that mean? If you're new to Bitcoin, you're still trying to figure this thing out. We're going to welcome you to come up here on stage, ask your question. We will be kind to you, I promise. We'll do our best to answer your question in language that is not overly Bitcoinish. That's the best way to say it, whatever. Um, so the narrative that's going on right now is because this stable coin has basically gotten wrecked, um, that <laughs> somehow bitcoin is to blame i don't know how these people figure out these fucking headlines man <laughs> they're like um i'm gonna paraphrase this one but basically now that bitcoin has been washed out the the mom and pop retail investors in bitcoin are, are the bag holders um and this is all because of this ust thing that somehow it needs to be bailed out and that bitcoin is waiting for 
UST to get bailed out before it's going to be whole again. And the thing that's so stupid about that is that Bitcoin has nothing to do with those. And it doesn't care. It really doesn't care. If Citadel saw an opportunity to shake loose 25,000 Bitcoin because they knew they could break that peg, Yeah, it's just dumb. And then on top of that, of course, the government is here to save us again. <laughs> May 11th, 2022, the UK government has introduced bills that focus on safe crypto adoption because we're all so dumb and we need their help to keep us safe. There's nothing that when it comes to Bitcoin, there's nothing they can do pro or con. That's going to make it like better in their eyes. It is what it is. They can't change it. They can't change it. IMF is up to its tricks again. Argentina is banning banks from offering Bitcoin services as inflation in that country tops 50%. Just when people need it the most, the IMF has basically cut them a deal. I say them. The people who signed the deal essentially get $45 billion for putting this deal in place. Crazy. And then finally, right before we do announcements, this is one for the history of books. In the United States, our fearless leader, <laughs> this is a direct quote. This goes back to the inflation thing, guys. The number one threat is the strength and that strength that we've built is inflation. <laughs> we've got to be living in a simulation. What the? F oh, I can't. I just, oh my God. Jesus. Did you see that video clip of the former central banker, I guess, from Canada that I don't even know who was interviewing, but this interviewer was talking about you know, the guy Pierre, anyway, talking about central banks and he just, he just lost himself, you know, cause Pierre, you know, the guy that's running for, I guess he's going to be running for prime minister said that they needed to take back basically their, uh, you know, control of the money. It was just, it was funny. Yeah. Some people don't trust that guy. They think he's like a WEF agent, but he's talking about, you know, Bitcoin. And uh, sovereign money, so I guess we'll see. All right, let's do some announcements. Let's open the floor up. If you have questions, um, you can either come up here yourself, and we're happy to talk to you about Bitcoin, teach you whatever. Really basic questions are fine. We've also got a Telegram group. You can join. You can type your questions in there. If you don't want to ask them on stage, that's fine too. You're listening to Cafe Bitcoin. Good morning and welcome. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. We start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We roll for about two hours, talk about all things Bitcoin. This is also uh, a podcast. It's up on Spotify and Apple. Everywhere you get your podcasts, you can throw myself or Swan Bitcoin a follow to be notified of when those drop. In November, the Bitcoin, I'm sorry, the Pacific Bitcoin Conference is coming up. That's going to be in California. It's going to be awesome. We'll bring you more news as it comes up. Um, finally, Swan Bitcoin. If you have a business, you want to put Bitcoin in your business balance sheet, Swan's a great way to do it. Fastest onboarding the industry. I've seen it 
it usually happens in less than a week, assuming you got all your paperwork and stuff. Um, I've seen it go in as fast as 48 hours. So um, there was one situation, real quick story. There was one situation, a guy came in, very, very wealthy real estate investor. And the guy's like, I have sitting on a ton of cash right now. I want to put a big chunk in Bitcoin. Um, you know, can we push this thing through 48 hours? It was, it was pretty remarkable. Um, moving on. Anybody who has questions that you want to talk about, just anything having to do with Bitcoin, please come up and ask. And we're happy to answer that. Yeah. Is anyone buying UST at a 50% discount so they can double their money or what? <laughs> Cause they're going to re they're going to, he's going to reestablish that peg, right? Yeah, no, I was just totally kidding. No, <laughs> that'd be very risky. But um, I just heard about people um, longing Luna today at like 0.68 and it went up to about eight bucks and then like crazy, crazy volatility this morning. Absolutely insane. Alex, I have a question. One of the things I would like to track, but I don't have in front of me is a microstrategy versus GBTC as a proxy, um, maybe for IRA accounts or where it's maybe not as easy to get into Bitcoin directly. Uh, microstrategy seems like it's at, at quite a discount compared to even GBTC. So I was just wondering if anyone had that, uh, what that gap might be offhand. Thanks. Uh, if, if you want to track the price development of the two, um, if that's your question, then on, on Yahoo Finance, you can take the the, the price graph of an asset uh, and then uh, compare it to um, um, another asset. Then you can uh, see how the price of those two stocks uh, compare. Um, but the other thing there is that um, – you can look at MicroStrategy, how much, what is the value of the Bitcoin they hold and what's the market cap of the company. Um, but at the same time, you have to remember uh, that they also have uh, fiat debt and, and convertible uh, bonds, which is also fiat debt, which, which then eventually goes to dilute the stock a little bit. I'm not saying that's a problem. And I think as Bitcoiners, uh, we all feel that, that that fiat value doesn't matter because it's going to zero. Um, in a matter of time, and right now they're they're doing they're helping that when they're printing so much money and the inflation is running hot, that fiat debt is becoming worth less and less. But what I do like uh, with, I mean, I I I would prefer MicroStrategy there. Um, MicroStrategy has like compound interest is something that really matters. Alex, you spoke about that a bit uh, earlier about you know if there's there's a high inflation number, it's just a matter of time before your your savings are you know completely wiped out. Um, uh, MicroStrategy has a, a positive compound interest, actually, because they keep accumulating more Bitcoin. Maybe not so much right now, but when it's when the price is higher, they accumulate more Bitcoin per MicroStrategy stock. While GBTC has a two percent negative uh, compound interest because that's their very high admin fee that they have. However, it's also I need to say that GBTC right now has a large negative premium compared to um, the Bitcoin they do hold. Um, and, um, you know, that's a, that can be a speculation on whether or not you believe that they eventually will become a spot ETF. Um, because if they do, that that premium will be wiped out and, and, and there's that to gain. But nobody knows 
if and when that happens. Uh, I hope that answers uh, your question a little bit. Yeah, thanks. Let's go with Worth. I assume you have some kind of follow-up to this. Yeah. Hey, Alex. Um, thanks for bringing me back up. Um, I wanted to share something. <clears throat> Pardon me. I just I just uh, put a tweet out, uh, and this is just in response to just education and, and uh, Tracy's uh, uh, questions this morning um, kind of prompted this for me. Um, you know, there's over 600 people in this space today, and I would assume there's some highly sophisticated uh, folks that understand Bitcoin and have been in it a long time. And I would also assume that there's quite a few people out there that, you know, are trying to get their arms around it. Um, you know, but if you're new to Bitcoin, um, you're hearing a lot of terminology and a lot of words uh, on this space, as well as in things that you read or on YouTube, if you're trying to educate yourself and, and, and that terminology, though it's unfamiliar, it's not difficult. It may be intimidating, but it's not difficult. Um, so once you learn the language, um, you won't feel that intimidation anymore. And sometimes intimidation can be an infarction to progression, especially uh, learning something new. So when I started my Bitcoin journey, a friend um uh, shared a glossary with me uh, that really accelerated my learning curve. I've just posted it. I'm happy to post it in the nest if that's helpful to you guys. But if you will study that terminology, a lot of the things that people talk about in these spaces or things that you read will begin to make sense. Uh, so anyway, just wanted to share that educational piece. That's all I have, Alex. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Um, there is a link up in the nest, btclexicon.com, shared by Ant. And I agree, it's really easy for us to uh, to forget that, that people don't understand a lot of these words that we use as Bitcoiners over time. Freedom, do you feel like your question was adequately answered? Uh, what we're going to do is we're going to be rotating people um, on and off the stage. So if you're, if you're satisfied, we'll bring somebody else up. Yeah, no problem. I'll drop. Thanks. Hey, I just want to say real quick, Alex, that people who are in the legacy system now Think about how complicated that is. Think about all of the terminology that you use in the legacy system. And yes, this is new terminology, um, and it is a it is a new system that you're looking at. But it's it's simple compared to the legacy system that you're already involved in. You just happen to know that one. I would add to that, by the way. I, I suspect that a lot of the language that ex is is existing in the legacy system is designed to obfuscate what these legacy financial institutions are doing to rob you. Whereas with Bitcoin, the reason that there's new terminology is because there, there's new circumstances involved that cannot be described otherwise. You have to have new terminology. As, as technology moves forward and as the human race moves forward, create new words to describe this new framework of, of what we're seeing. And um, Bitcoin's different money. It's never the the attributes of Bitcoin have never existed as money before in human history. So we have to have ways to describe that. I don't know whether D or Shane is next. I think it's Shane. Go ahead. Buddy. I'll just go real quick. I'll just go real quick. I just wanted to add a little bit more to the discussion about microstrategy and GBTC, and you know the um, the person asking the question. It, I think their context was mostly 
for individuals. If you're, you know, one thing to know in 401k Fidelity, you know, just announced not too long ago that they're going to be offering a certain amount of, of, of uh, Bitcoin, I think up to 20% or something like that, you know, and of course the companies have to be willing to do it. So that's one way I would just say, at least me personally, I would always much prefer to actually own the underlying asset, that being Bitcoin. And for IRAs, you probably, you may know this, but if you don't, um, there are a number of Bitcoin IRA products out there um, where you can self custody. If that's important to you, there are some nuances to that, that you'll have to do your own research. Uh, Swan, among others, can help you look into that. But, uh, you know, six months ago when I basically decided to go Bitcoin only, I took a retirement account and put it into uh, a Bitcoin IRA. So uh, I know I much prefer uh, the underlying asset for a number of reasons. And then the next step, potentially even being to, to take self-custody, you know, depending on how uh, important that is to you. I just wanted to add that. All right, very good. D, did you have something you want to add real quick? And then we're going to go with BTC and Cali. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, yeah. yeah, I was just curious if everyone had, anyone had any thoughts on uh, the UST thing and if um, regulation is around the corner. Like, are they going to kind of use this as their, hey, we want to save the, the retail investors and we're going to start regulating stable coins now. Um, look at just what happened. You know, we you need us kind of thing. I was just curious what uh, maybe the panel had. To think about that. I don't know that we need to actually. I think that's the the obvious response, right? This is right. Yeah, pretty typical. <laughs> yeah. That'll be the cycle. Some, you know, Gensler will will point to it and jump up and down and say, "See, I told you." And then what will happen is all the lobbyists that are, um, you know, representing all these VCs and the shit coins are going to come back and say, Gensler. Shouldn't you be focused on doing your job instead of jumping up and down about crypto? I mean, it's just the it's the circus right now. Absolutely. Um, BTC. The Cal short answer. Hold on. The shorter answer is all of the shit coins are going to fail, and all that value is going to flow to Bitcoin. Amen. Preach it. <laughs> Stay on target. BTC and Kelly. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Morning, everybody. Uh, a couple of quick things. One is that I have uh, family members that I've pushed into Bitcoin. Uh, with with friends, I don't want to get too obnoxious, but I do have family members I really care about. Um, one of them's on a fixed income, and um, I, you know, persuaded her that she really needs to to buy some Bitcoin. Of course, now it's gone down, and I'm going to have to have the conversation this morning because I'm, I'm going to help her move uh, her coins to self custody. Um, but just any, you know, any tips because you know when it comes to family, they start looking at you sideways, like, well, you push me into this thing. Um, so there's there's that one. Another quick unrelated question is: I was wondering if you could explain with MicroStrategy. My understanding is that as the price of Bitcoin goes down, they have to market down in value on their balance sheet. But conversely, when it goes up, they're not allowed to um, mark that value up. Is that is that correct? And how does that work? Right. So I think. Um for the second question, I think you're referring to gap accounting and the way public companies have to report. My understanding is it works exactly like you just described. And they're working right now to try and change how that works, uh, especially in light of Bitcoin. Um, I think sailors are a pretty big advocate of changing how 
how that gets reported. Um, the first question, you know, how do we deal with um, our relatives freaking out about pushing them into Bitcoin? My immediate feeling on that is, well, don't push them into Bitcoin. If you think about it, what I okay, what I mean when I say that is, is that I'm going to encourage somebody to to buy Bitcoin. I'm going to encourage them to learn about Bitcoin. But I I make it a hundred percent clear. Look, you're an adult. This is a grown up adult decision. You're going to choose to do what you think is important here, and it's your choice, right? Because at the end of the day, they need to own their actions. They need to own what they're doing. The problem becomes. When they buy Bitcoin, the price goes down and then they start looking at you funny. Well, they did it because you told them to, not because they thought it was a good idea. This is the problem. If somebody buys Bitcoin at a certain price and there's a big correction and they're freaking out, they're only freaking out because they don't understand what they own yet. They don't understand it. They haven't done the work. They must do the work. You can't do the work for them. Go ahead, Tomer. Yeah, I, listen, I, I think you're absolutely right, but there's a lot of people who now find themselves in this situation where they're the expert who made a recommendation, and I don't know exactly what would have been said during someone's recommendation, but if people are coming to you and saying, what happened? How did it go from the mid-40s down to 30? I, th I think, a, obviously, a big part of the play here is is this phenomenon that happened where there, there essentially has been... <laughs> a scandal where somebody raised a whole bunch of money, uh, which, which is this Terra Luna thing, um, used it to buy Bitcoin, which bid up the price of Bitcoin, tried to pull off some stunt of creating a, a stable coin. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to keep this simple for strangers um, and, and ended up having to sell all the Bitcoin that they had bought with it. And so that ended up pushing the price back down. They have now sold all of their Bitcoin. And so that problem has been cleared out of the market, but it created obviously a higher high than otherwise would have happened. And uh, and now the question is, is this the right level or is this a lower low because you've just had someone who's been forced to sell billions of dollars in just the last few days and as, and the market can recover. But like with all these things, it is, um, this is a long-term thing. It's not about trying to be in the, in the super short term and you can already see some elements of the recovery taking place. So patience is what I always counsel. Um, I know a lot of people have actually, during previous drawdowns, said to me, is now a good time to buy more? And the answer is still the same. <laughs> it's like, it's really, it's your choice. It's up, it's up to you. Right, got it. I was just curious, though, is the, is the fact that the interest rates just went up and uh, so people are selling risk assets, that, that also contributes to this price decline. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah that's, that, that's there. But I, I think the, I think the, the extreme move over the last four or five days has, which came after the interest rate increases, um, is is you know is the compounding factor around this. All the growth assets have come off, so you can certainly mention that. But it's just how much time you have to explain things and how interested you know, the person you're having a dialogue with is interested in actually hearing an explanation, or if they're just emotional or or what have you. It's hard to say. The situations are all are all unique. Great, thanks. Well, I appreciate the perspectives, and actually, I think this this relative's um, you know relatively uh, calm person. So I think when I explain this to them, they'll they'll get it. But um, uh, I appreciate what you said, Alex. I, I get what you're saying. I just feel that you know there are people that I really care about, 
And I, I just know they're extremely conservative and, and that they're not pr probably not going to do the work. And um, the amount of money they put in, into Bitcoin is not, you know, significant, but it's hopefully going to be enough that, you know, in five or 10 years, it will make a difference and help them, you know, get through uh, the inflation that's coming. Yeah, outstanding. I'm, I'm actually glad to hear that. And that's, people ask me all the time, you know, how much should I start with? How much should I allocate? And my, my response to them is to do enough that you care, right? You don't want to be, want it to be so little that if it just disappears, you don't even care to try to figure out what happened to it. Um, do enough that you care enough to actually do some research, but don't do so much that it, it's going to bother you or worry you if you're going to lose it all. Um, okay, take the ride, go ahead, and then we're going to go with Yolo. All right, I want to speak to the suggesting family members and things like that. Can Can you hear me okay, Alex? Am I coming through all right? You're loud and clear. Please awesome. continue. Awesome. Um, I got my mom into it, and I we're talking, and I'll just be straight up. Uh, she bought in at 55K, okay? And I backed her one-to-one. -one. That was part of, you know, my, I wanted to support her and make sure that, like, I'm in it with her. I'm also in the situation where at her age and her situation, she owns her house outright. Everything's taken care of. Her property taxes increased 25% because of this housing situation we're in. I'm paying all of her bills so that this, where her purchase matters is like, she's not worried because it didn't offset her, her regular maintenance of the house, all her bills, all her services, all of those things. I'm talking car insurance house insurance everything right and that for me for me that's five weeks of work and for to trade five weeks of work to make sure that she's okay that's that's i'm in the profit i'm way good on that side of things that's a great trade for me so it depends on your relationship with them of course but it's also in 2008 the government spent like $800 million to bail out the banking industry and keep everybody out of the, like off the streets. We are four orders of magnitude beyond that right now. So if you can like make that kind of comparison and treat Bitcoin as the hedge against everything, it's a solid bet, whatever your entry point was. And I, it, it does come down to education. It does. It absolutely does. Their conviction grows more with education. And we're not talking opium or, or you know, get, being a zealous uh, sycophant or evangelist here. You, you have fact points that you can give them. And it's like, this is the situation. This is what's going on. The Federal Reserve said, we're going to be selling off our balance sheet. And then they, and that's after they scared the shit out of the market and made everybody sell, sell out. So now on Monday, they complained that there's no liquidity in the market, which can cause a negative feedback loop when they start to sell, when they, which they haven't even started to. They created this problem in the beginning, and it's not going to end. So if, if you're trying to explain to somebody why the, the Bitcoin they purchased is still a great bet, attack it from that side of things, I would say. Don't look at... They're still looking at it as an investment. It's not. It's it's a hedge against everything. That's my point of view. But, but yeah. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. Um, the liquidity trap thing, um, I think, was important. And uh, it's just one more reason to uh, get out of fiat, get on the arc. 
I want to uh, shout out to CJ Wilson. CJ, if you want to come up here, let us know. We'd love to have you up here. We've got about 10 minutes left in the show. We're going to go with, um, we're basically doing some Q&A for people who are new to Bitcoin or have questions about Bitcoin and uh, going from there. BTC and Cali, are you satisfied your question was handled good? Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. Thanks for coming up, brother. Uh, YOLO, BTC, good morning. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. How are you doing? It's actually five o'clock where I am. I'm in the United uh, United Kingdom. I just wanted to share with uh, one of my experience. It's not just a case of Coinbase. Um, I've been using a centralized exchange called Crypto.com, and um, they pr uh, uh, and we had a similar bad experience where they promise um, you stake their coin, you buy their coin. And uh, you get, um, you know, 3%. So I stake £3,000 and then they will give me a Visa debit card. And each time I spend something, they will give me 3% back reward, you know, like a reward. And also I will be able to um, lend money uh, like, a, a, you know, cryptocurrency, USDT or GBP. Uh, I've got, it's a great British pound a cryptocurrency and then I'll get a yield of 10%. And when you... Uh, uh, and they cut the rates of that, and uh, I was locked into my crow coin, and uh, that that basically halved in value as well. You know, you know, because to, I thought the ten percent that they were going to give me on a yield was sustainable, but turns out it was not sustainable. It was just a promotion. They were just trying to get customers in. And um, if I had known that, I wouldn't have gone as uh, you, you know, I would not have put three thousand pounds. Uh, to stake their coin, you, you know, because I've lost about, uh, like I said, a thousand pounds. So it's not just crypto.com. It's, uh, it's it's not just Coinbase, it's crypto.com. And also they make you sign something where, uh, no, no, not sign something. They just tell you the terms and conditions and they basically say the cryptocurrency that you've given us, we, we can exchange that for different cryptocurrencies. And there's even a possibility that they are exchanging these cryptocurrencies for the loaner token. And, and there's like, um, you know, speculation in the market in other spaces where they're saying a lot of these exchanges could be bankrupt, you know, and uh, Celsius and, um, uh, uh, but let, let's see what happens. Yeah, this is scary times for a lot of people who've got their money on centralized exchanges. And uh, the <laughs> I'm actually a paper Bitcoiner. I actually, um, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, you know, trade Bitcoin miners on the New York Stock Exchange, buy a hedge and stuff like that. But the thing is, the Bitcoin community have always been telling me, get your money off the exchanges and uh, self-custody. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, that's one of my experiences, you know. Yeah, man. Um, I The, the crypto.com, I mean, there's so many of these exchanges and they all have their own wallets and and the, Sam was up here talking about it earlier, and the incentives for a lot of these companies are not aligned with your well-being as a customer. They, they they make money off of you off of you being charged fees by them to trade coins. They they create all these crazy instruments that cost them nothing to create that you end up buying for your real money, um, and then they custody your coins and and they have these terms and conditions which you don't fully understand which certainly aren't in your favor over, over theirs. So at some point, I, I just really, really encourage people to 
ask ask questions and ask questions to at least explore you you may choose, you, you may find something you may find that we're not telling the truth up here but at, at least explore the path that bitcoin is unique amongst all these things that are pretending to be like bitcoin take that as a hypothesis and then and then test it and ask why here why there how 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 is this other one different and so on and so forth and this will get you some clarity about why it is important to custody your bitcoin and why it, none of the other stuff is making the same investment is making the same choice about your financial future yeah i just i just want to add to something that tomer just said which is that if you explore the terms and conditions uh, as a skeptic um, on everything, you know, on all all pathways, then you're going to be really well informed because you're going to take a critical lens as opposed to like a hopium lens where you're just thinking that everything's going to be rosy. Um, if you're a slightly skeptical person and you learn more by trying to poke holes in things, you'll realize that you can't really poke holes in Bitcoin. You might be able to poke holes in exchanges or some of these other sort of exchange tokens or stable coins or whatever. And then that is going to drive your thesis on how you should allocate your funds going forward. And that'll keep you a lot safer and more secure. And your, your focus right now with as unstable as the world is should be finding stability, you know, in, in a platform or in a, in a sort of asset that you, that you have better feelings about on a, on the volatility side or the upside basis long-term um, and not what you think is you're going to be able to buy right now and then sell in a week. That's just not a very good thesis for how to invest. Yeah. Great points. And by the way, um, CJ does not mean stable coins when he says stable, <laughs> as we've seen in the last 24 hours, stable coins are not that stable. Um, we're going to go with Peter Shane. Um, we had Julio up here. For a final question, we'll, we'll we'll start to wrap up. We got about four minutes left in the show. Go ahead, Peter. I, I just wanted to say that it it's really simple. It it seems like it's it seems like it's it's so simple. It seems it's unbelievable. You you just basically purchase DCA, however you're going to purchase, and you hold it. the 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 opposite of that is take a look at one of the disclaimers. I, I doubt there's anybody in this room besides maybe Terrence, if he's still in here, who's actually read an entire disclaimer that you have to sign when you do anything in the legacy financial system. So you can deal with that complexity or you can just purchase Bitcoin uh, piece by piece all at once, however you choose to do it, whatever you're comfortable with, and then just hold it. It's just so simple. All right, Shane, go ahead. Hey, just real quick, there was uh, kind of a statement in the in the Telegram uh, that I thought I would mention, which was basically talking about how Swan uh, supports or basically gives you free withdrawals, which is amazing. And then their comment was that people should think about, even though that's possible, should be thinking about their UTXO uh, management. So I know we don't have a lot of time to talk about that, but definitely Google, go to the rabbit holes, you know, YouTube, but do look into UTXO management. And, you know, although you could withdraw your, your coins anytime you want, as small amount as you want, you may want to think about that a little bit strategically. So just a kind of a FYI there on that. 
Yeah, if anybody wants to see, uh, I, I just posted Bitcoin's terms and conditions to the Nest, so you can have a quick read. Thank you for putting that together for us, Tomer. I'm, I'm sure everyone appreciates. Everybody go check that out. A couple of quick things as we Bravo, wrap up. Bravo, Tomer. Bravo. A couple of quick things as we wrap out, wrap up. I am currently wearing a, uh, a Bitcoin hat from FOMO21, FOMO21.com. Go check them out. I don't get paid to say this. Um, they just have awesome swag. <laughs> um, what is the code we've got? Is it um, Cafe Bitcoin 2020 or Cafe Bitcoin 22? That's way up in the feed there. Jacob, help me out here. You got it. That's it. If you guys want 10% off, we don't get anything yeah. out of any of this. It's just a cool website. It was funny. We went to the meetup yesterday, and I was wearing my FOMO21 shirt, and then Chris, who's running the magazine, he had his hoodie on, and it was kind of funny. We were like, uh, yeah, so pretty cool. And you said you were wearing your hat right now, Alex. So Yeah, I got a hat. I'm wearing cool. my sweatshirt right now. It's amazing. I love so the it. code, the, the, the code's on, in the Telegram, or where's the code? Cafe Bitcoin 2022, or sorry, Cafe that's, Bitcoin 22. That's what Cafe I'm talking Bitcoin about, 22. There we go. I'll, I'll, I'll throw it also in the uh, in the Telegram, too. So, uh, yeah. But Cafe Bitcoin 22. In the Telegram group, t.me forward slash Cafe Bitcoin Club. t.me forward slash Cafe Bitcoin Club. You can DM me or Swan Bitcoin to get that as well, if you want it after the show. Great place to hang out, chat about what's going on with other Cafe Bitcoiners and figure out all the great places to get your swag. <laughs> hey, also one other quick thing. If you didn't, which I can't imagine it's the case, but if you didn't listen to yesterday's show, scroll back in the Telegram group and sign up for Carrot if you don't have it, and it's a good way to get 250 free sats. No, I think that I think it was only a 30-minute window for those, actually, So, uh, but I'm sure we dropped more. No, no, the, no. Hey, Chris, I think I could be wrong, but I, the one that he talked about during the show was different than the one that he posted in Telegram. Oh. So I think oh, that one awesome. maybe lasts a little bit longer. Yeah, that's yeah. sweet. I did not but know that. check I it out. You may be right. Yeah, they're two different codes. Yep. All right, let's make so, let's uh, go with closing comments and we'll wrap here. Um, Worth, do you have anything you want to close with today? Uh, yeah, I'd like to close with an apology. <laughs> I've been multitasking this morning and I didn't realize Ann had already addressed the glossary issue and I would yield everyone to his site. I just looked at it. It's fantastic. So uh, sorry for multitasking and popping in when I didn't realize someone had already said something. So that's it. Well, good. Yeah, no worries. I thought you guys were talking about the same site. By the way, Ant runs a site called Time Chain Stats. If you want to go check that out. Very cool. Lots of good data there. CJ, uh, I'd like to get your closing thoughts. Yeah, so... Um, we are at the Bitcoin Today Coalition. We're organizing some position papers soon. So uh, look for tweets from me and other members um, and try to read and see what we're doing in order to address regulators who are foaming at the mouth now because of this Luna thing um, to try to come after the crypto stuff. We are, of course, just Bitcoin only and as such are uh, just trying to educate people on that. But uh, if you guys can... Um, really try and digest and understand what's happening um, in the political sphere in the attachment to Bitcoin. 
um, and the attacks against Bitcoin, like the Ripple thing and stuff. Uh, and make sure you're taking taking the right side there. Where can people go to find out more information about what you guys are doing? So you go, uh, our Twitter is uh, BTC underscore coalition. And then uh, the website is BitcoinTodayCoalition.org. Awesome. Um, can, can one of the uh, team put that also in the telegram? I got it. Got you, buddy. We'd love to have uh, the Bitcoin Coalition on sometime just to hear more about what you guys are doing. I know you. Uh, this is a bad time window typically for you, CJ, but anybody else from that would be awesome to have and just to kind of hear about also all the awesome work you guys are doing. But I'll throw that uh, link up in the uh, telegram now. Is Zell working on that with you guys? Do I have that right? So we have a couple different people doing a couple different things. Uh, Zell is on the Bitcoin Policy Institute, which is basically uh, position papers. We are a lobby group, so we go to D.C. and meet with governors and you know state senators and stuff like that to educate them to try to get their states to adopt Bitcoin or things like that. So, for instance, like the uh, the, the Fort Worth mining initiative thing, that's, that's people from our team. Um, there's some other things that are in the works. Hopefully some other cities are going to pick it up. I'm actually going to donate a what's miner uh, to the next city that uh, goes for it, I guess. And um, we're, we're going to see some more adoption through that, through that initiative as well. But it's basically like there's, uh, there's people that are focusing on getting people elected there's people that are focusing on educating like plebs and through, you know, just normal Twitter stuff. Then there's us where we're focused strictly on educating the government so that they don't fuck things up. Right on <clears throat> from me to you guys. I appreciate everything you guys are doing very much for the community. I'm sure many others do as well. So thanks for hanging out with us this morning, CJ. I know you're a super busy guy. I think you have great insights. All right, with that, we are going to wrap the show then. You have been listening to Cafe Bitcoin. Thanks for hanging out today. We do this every day, Monday through Friday. Um, we start at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern. We roll for about two hours. We talk about all things Bitcoin. It is a great place for your morning news. It is a preferred hangout for some of, of the smartest minds of Bitcoin. Drop in here kind of on the regular and just talk about what's going on. This is also a podcast. It's up on Spotify, Apple, everywhere you get your podcast. You can throw myself or Swan Bitcoin to follow to be notified of when those drop. Thanks to Swan Bitcoin, Bitcoin Magazine, sponsors of the show. My crew, Ant Chain, Sats for Life, producer Jacob Pope. Thanks again to all the speakers. If you're listening to this and you're out there for every time you guys drop in here, spend your personal time to teach other people about what this Bitcoin thing is, this amazing invention that's going to carry the human race forward in a peaceful way through all the nonsense that's going on. I appreciate you guys, and, and, and I admire what you do. I'm Alex Danzig. I am your host. I work with Swan Bitcoin. If you want to know more about what Swan Bitcoin is, you're welcome to throw me a DM, and I am happy to help you out. Um, just love doing it. What an amazing, what an amazing thing. Um, and finally, get on the mission. Getting on the mission basically means, you know, CJ out there doing this thing in different ways. Everybody in the community contributes what they contribute. Some of you, <laughs> all you do is you buy $50 worth of sats a month, and that's what you can do. It all matters, guys. All of it. So let's carry this thing forward. 
Tell people in the arc, guys, you know what to do. Love all you guys. Go out there. Have a great day today. Crush it.